1: Time is flying by, third and final hour. News Talk 710 KNUS. Jimmy here with you with the Jimmy Sangenberger show. Thanks for joining us. You know, that great American, Eric Manning. Eric at Stapleton. Texting in earlier, why don't you and Michael, that would be Michael Fields, just call Polis the governor a flat-out liar on Prop HH. And he goes on to express strong sentiments. Eric? Jared Polis is a liar on Proposition HH. He has been lying to us. The Democrats and those pushing Prop HH have been lying to us in an effort to snatch our taxpayer bill of rights refunds that belong to us, taxpayer dollars that belong back in our pockets because the government has taken in more than it is allowed to. Yes, there you go. I said it. Polis is a liar on HH, and it is true. had a vibrant discussion as well in the last hour with Michael on proposition, or rather... Ballot measures 5A and 5B in Douglas County proposing tax increase on property owners for a modest increase that so works out to 16 bucks a month for somebody with a million-dollar home. Yes, with the tax increases going up because of – or rather, taxes going up because of the property valuations. And, of course, folks are paying more, a lot more, 40 to 60% more already. I contended that for several reasons that I'll get to again in a moment, it makes sense to say yes to this as a tax. And let me just be clear, it is awkward to be a conservative advocating for any kind of a tax increase. And yet, I believe that this is a very rare instance where it makes sense. But you know what? This is why it's for a vote of the people. One of the cornerstones of the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. We all get to have our vote on whether to do any kind of a tax increase or not. And that's crucial. And it's up to you to make your own decision in that regard. Listener, text came in. Saying, I think you need to figure out what your principles are and stick to them. Do you believe that you cannot advocate for, on a rare basis, a tax increase based on specific criteria? Such as, they're actually doing a damn good job in Douglas County schools, especially relative to other districts. Yet they're paying their teachers $20,000 less Than nearby Cherry Creek schools and Littleton schools, something that will continue into future years without approving 5A, 5B. And as well, you have, so you have that competitiveness piece. You need to attract and retain the best teachers, especially when we have a teacher shortage. But then there's also the component of building new schools when there's a promise to new communities that you will have a neighborhood schools, a reasonable expectation for people who say, I'm going to set up my family in the canyons or in Sterling Ranch. And I expect that the sign that says future site of a new school is going to actually have a new school. Don't we need to actually put something there to provide that expectation? Is there no basis upon which you can be a conservative who abhors taxes and tax increases, but also at the same time acknowledge, look, there's a basis. Schools are funded by taxes in Colorado. Property taxes is the method for how pay is financed the only method how schools are financed beyond what the state provides that's how local governments fund their schools it comes from the taxes so is there no basis upon which a conservative could advocate for a tax increase am i abandoning principles by saying i'm voting yes on 5a and 5b 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971 our telephone number. I'll get to more of my arguments in favor coming up, but what do you think? Who do you think was right in that discussion? Me or Michael Fields? MI is any conservative and there, there are four conservative school board members, by the way, who are doing great job a, a great job writing the ship on the excesses of equity in the school district and so many other things fighting for parents rights these are true conservatives on the school board and all four of them five actually are advocating for this proposal they voted for it for for it to go on the ballot are they not conservatives are they against their principles here 303-696-1971, what are your thoughts on that? And how are you voting? Have you voted yet? What is holding you back if you haven't voted yet? 303-696-1971. Let's go to Marcus in Aurora. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing just fine, brother. What's on your mind? Well, I got this
2: letter in the mail. And Center for voter information, 120 South Federal Place. And it's out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I find it fascinating. Uh, There is an important election on Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. And you, your guests and everything said the same thing, you got to vote. But I found this fascinating that from New Mexico, and here's what they stated. Compared to other voters in Colorado, your voting record is above average. We hope you find this information useful. If you already voted, thank you. And uh, sincerely, L. Kitsch, board chair, Center for Voter Information. P.S. To better understand why people do or do not vote, we may call you after the election to discuss your voting experience. And what I say to people, always vote. In If they lose by 126 votes, you know, that's terrible.
1: So, uh, Marcus, I'm looking it up here. And if this is the same place and they they tend to have different addresses, the Center for Voter Information appears to be a nonprofit, nonpartisan partner organization yep. to voter participation center, both founded to provide resources and tools to help voting eligible citizens register and vote in upcoming elections. I, I don't know if they have any kind of political agenda. It seems like it's actually just informative and rhetoric like you are an above average voter is probably used to encourage you to vote or recognizing that you actually vote in every election. I'm assuming, Marcus, do you tend to vote in every election?
2: I vote all the time. Then because there you, you go. don't know which on those propositions or yep. or and, and, and people so don't realize this. Your you vote are is
1: very important. Then you are an above average voter, Marcus, if you vote in every election. If you're a regular voter, because most the average person doesn't vote in this Tuesday's election. The average person votes every two or more likely every four years when there's a presidential election. And so you are an above average voter. My guess is what they're just doing is trying to plant seeds so that they can gather more voter information and so forth. I wouldn't take it as anything except just a little bit of information for folks and a way for them after the election to gather more information if they need to, um, in in their view, if they need to or or want to. Um, But I think it does show that you are an above average voter, Marcus. And, and and I tell people vote. Have you they voted? Have you passed, uh, cast your ballot? I'm going to
2: turn it in today. Okay. And, uh, Why? And, but I, I, I tell people you got to vote. And and if you don't check with Sarah, you know, forget about the elections. This is your community. Yes. And, and there's and right.
1: people around you. Yep. And hey, Marcus. This is serious. I agree, and I think that is well put. Continue being an above-average voter and also a tremendous listener, an above-average listener to this program yeah. because I know you you call in from time to time, and I appreciate it. My friend, thank you for calling uh, in. You're great. Uh, thank care. you very much. 303-696-1971. He's just saying that because I called him an above-average listener. Look – If you're listening to this program and you're a regular Jimmy Sangenberger Show listener, you're an above-average listener. I'm just going to say it. 303-696-1971. Let's go to Aaron in Denver up next. Good morning, Aaron. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm doing good, Uh, Jimmy. uh, Well, I would rather be an above-average listener than be a deplorable? (laughs) You know what, though?
1: If Hillary's calling you a deplorable, then that's okay, too.
3: (laughs) Well, I just don't want to hear from Hillary.
1: Uh, yes, please. <laughs> no more Hillary, please. There, so what's no up- more Hillary
3: Clinton. But the thing is, so uh, I I think the, the gentleman you're debating with, I think he's saying basically uh, Douglas County because you live, you're currently living there, and he's living. He said basically from what he was talking about, and you were talking that Douglas County has the money. So saying, uh he's 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 coming from a point of view that it's a spending issue. Yes. Not having the money seems like I, – I mean, I don't know what Douglas County's budget, current budget is and how much revenue they're getting from the taxpayers like you because you live there. So I don't know how much money the the the, the city has and revenue. But from from his point of view, it looks like it's a spending issue, not a money issue. So
1: let me say this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would uh, – the way that I look at what Michael was saying is mm-hmm. – and he's right about this. And you know what? I have – had multiple conversations on air, off the air, on the record, off the record with Mike Peterson, the president of the school board. And he's supportive of this. He came on a week or two ago uh, to talk about 5A and 5B. He put them on the ballot and I was one of the board members who did. They unanimously put these measures on the ballot, including the five Republicans, five conservatives on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, he will acknowledge this, too. He has done it to me, with me that. Douglas County Schools is going to see an increase in revenue in the next school year, no matter what. But so is, Aaron, Cherry Creek Schools, Littleton Schools, Denver Schools, all the schools will see an increase. The argument that Peterson makes that I am making is that Cherry Creek Schools and Littleton are paying on the order of $20,000 on average more. And that includes starting pay. 50 something grand is the starting pay in Douglas County. Cherry Creek schools, it's 70 something. That is a staggering differential. So if, if the base level that you are bringing in for revenue in any school district, in all the school districts is going up, that means you can pay your teachers somewhat more, but they can still get 20 grand more going over the, the county line to Cherry Creek or going into to Littleton schools. So when you're trying to retain the best teachers so that you can keep Douglas County number one in the metro area, number seventh in the state for outcomes, they've surpassed pre-COVID levels, you need to pay your teachers more competitively. It's like any other industry. If your company is providing a better atmosphere, a better environment for workers, of course, that's going to be a big selling point for somebody looking for a job, but they're also going to be saying, "Oh, I'm looking for a tech job or an aerospace job, and this company is paying me twenty 000, will pay me twenty thousand dollars more than this other company. Which one are you going to choose? Especially if you have a family to feed, and you might go past uh, that that other company in order to get to the one that the one that pays more in order to get to the one that pays less."
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a that's a valid point. Uh, and I, you know, just thinking about the the gentleman that you're debating, and the thing is, it it's, it comes down to priorities. You know, what, what's important. You know, and, and to me, I mean, I, I don't know what the, the 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 highest pay in the in the country for a teacher is. But uh, but what, what a teacher can get, whether here in Colorado or New York City or anywhere in the state, I mean, I mean God bless them. The more money they can get, the better. But yeah. it always comes down to priorities and what is important. Obviously, you want your teachers to get the highest pay possible. Yeah. But it also comes down to uh, the, the spending. What yeah. What's important in your budget?
1: Well, if, and this, Aaron, is yes. why it is so valuable and so crucial that we get to in Colorado, and not just get to, that it is mandated that we vote on any tax increases. That's something that's unique to this state. Aaron, I got to run. Thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Always 303-696-1971. A lot of above average listeners calling in this morning. Let's go to Steve in Littleton. Good morning, Steve. How are you?
4: Morning, Jimmy. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. What's on your mind, brother?
4: So, I was... It's so difficult many times to find information on the smaller, you know, position candidates, like, you know, council members, aldermen, school board, as far as their political affiliation. Do you guys have a recommendation for a site that has, who's, you know, primarily... uh, on the red, that kind of thing that we could go to, that's who we're looking for.
1: You know, first of all, I I couldn't speak for uh, KNUS. I can only speak for what I know. And I I don't think that there is a single sort of repository that you can go. There is a website called Ballotpedia that is pretty good about showcasing, okay, here's who's running and here's what they're Uh, party affiliations are, but it really depends on what city or what county you're living in as to whether you can get that information or not. Uh, Stephen, uh, given that you're in Littleton, is that Dugco or is that Arapahoe County?
4: It's Arapahoe.
1: So in in Arapaho County, the Colorado or the Arapaho County GOP's website is probably going to have that information for you, I would think. Uh, Republicans dot org, I believe. I'm double checking as a former, forever Republican. Yes. Um, org is your place to go. It actually has a big banner right at the top that says November elections, candidates, and ballot issues. So that'll give you information right up there, looks like, um, on their Andy. website. So, and, and that's what that. I, would, I, have... I, I would just say real quick. I would advise anybody to at least check out their county Republican Party's website, and they'll probably have whoever the Republicans are, listed there. And if there are multiple Republicans running in a race, then they'll list all of those Republicans, most likely.
4: Outstanding. I did have one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, On Prop HH, it's amazing the amount of money that the progressives are dumping into their advertising. I don't know if you've seen, but just on YouTube alone, they're pushing yes on HH about... I don't know. Every other time here, oh, yeah. my wife vlogs to YouTube.
1: It's well, insane. and it's so disingenuous. Have you seen the one with the dogs? Is that one oh, popping yeah, yeah, up? Yeah. I mean there's this, yeah. there's this one where it has like these animals particularly dogs talking to each other and they're saying that it is go it, it is going to re- literally reduce your tax increases or your taxes that you're not going to see a hike in your property taxes which is literally a lie like flagrantly and blatantly false. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It is the yeah. it is astonishing the levels that the left will go to take Tabor out of the Constitution. Let's be clear about something, Steve. This is an effort that they have been trying for decades in various forms. And now they found a an opportunity with Prop HH to tie it to the surge in property taxes that is a result of something they moved to do, which was to get rid of the Gallagher Amendment in the Constitution that held down personal property taxes and they didn't have a replacement in place at all.
4: Wouldn't this also cripple the small business people that, like, landlords that live off of, say, only, you know, five or six homes, and that's how they survive?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at at, um, that case, I mean, (laughs) ostensibly you would see a property tax, Reduction, no, a reduction in the increase in property taxes. But that ain't going to help them in their bottom line. It's not going to help renters. It's like one of the arguments that Art Laffer was making in the debate that he had, and that's the noted economist, the conservative economist, ostensibly at least, uh, with Jared Polis against Michael Fields and, and Representative Ro- P- Rose Puglisi. He was arguing this is going to help renters because landlords will see a property tax reduction. No, it won't. Guess what, Art? With all due respect, you came up with the Laffer curve that was key for Reagan and his tax rate cuts. The reality is this will be a slight reduction in the increase in property taxes, so they will rise a little bit less. But guess what? Renters will see after next year their their. Tax rebates, the refunds that they get from under Tabor, decline, and they're not going to see a reduction in their rent. They just might see a reduction in their rent increases. It's astonishing.
4: Crazy. Got to run, Steve. I appreciate the call. Thank you. I appreciate the time also.
1: 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Your thoughts on any of these topics, including... Is it a violation of principles to support the tax increase in Douglas County to pay teachers more? We'll get more onto that coming up, more texts to get to, and also anti-Semitism on the rise at the University of Colorado Boulder. Some deeply concerning things happening there. We'll talk about it more next on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk, 710 KNUS. We're all in this together, Walter Trout and Joe Bonamassa singing about it all, and we are in this together in this election season for Tuesday. Make sure to get your ballots in by Tuesday, 303-696-1971, our telephone number here on the program. The Jimmy Sangenberger Show, that is. Got some text to respond to. But first, let's go to Lynn in Aurora. Good morning, Lynn. How are you?
5: Hi, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Jimmy. I'm just fine. What, <laughs> what's on your
1: mind this morning?
5: Well, well um, you, you had said, said you were directing the Republican website for a Republican goer guide. Mm. Uh, they decided not to post that because the oh. candidates... We're not wanting to identify their affiliation. Okay, that uh, is Dustin understandable. Devonnet,
3: mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, Dustin and Danielle Jorinsky uh, feel they won because they did not have an R after their names. Um, it was non person. So And I then let me both. let me
1: say something one one thing real quick about that. Um, I think that is smart in arapahoe county because it is such a blue county these days and in those races it's not about republican or democrat it is about what are you going to do for the people of aurora or littleton or uh, centennial or wherever and it just happens to be that the more conservative perspective on things is much better
5: exactly and they felt they were able to focus on issues if people didn't know they had an R.D. Um, in front of their name. Anyway, uh, we put together a voter guide, though. And when I talked to George, he said, don't give out your phone number. But I was just talking to Kelly. He said it would be okay to give out my email. if, And I don't mind doing that. Sure. If someone wants to email me, I will send them the conservative voter guide. that will tell them in Arapahoe County, no matter where they are, who they should vote for.
1: What's the, your email, Lynn Cottrell?
5: It's L Cottrell, and that's two T's and two L's. At aol.com, I always tell people that's how they know how old I am. Uh, using AOL, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <anyway. laughs>
1: I use Yahoo. It's not quite as old as uh, as AOL, but I, I started that email I think when I was in middle school or, or high school or something. <laughs> so in my case, but uh, but Lynn, hey, one one more time, your email.
5: Okay, L for Lynn. Cottrell, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, two T's, two L's, at AOL.com. And I will send them the the voter card for Rapo County.
1: Well, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you for calling in about that, Lynn.
5: You bet, Jimmy. Thanks.
1: Best to you and Uh both. Uh-huh. 303-696-1971, our telephone number. All right, let's get to some of these texts. Jimmy, you sound like the teachers' union. Did they send you your talking points? You are preaching collectiveness. I think you need to figure out what your principles are and stick to them. And your sister should have moved where there was a neighborhood school if it was important to her. Let me take your texts, a few of them in stride. First, it's interesting you say I sound like the teachers union because they opposed the four school board members in their election who are conservatives, who voted to put this on the ballot. There was a fifth one, but he was appointed Jason Page a few months ago. They don't like those school board members. And that's not going to change. And that... Says something when you have those conservative school board members who've been such stalwarts on reasserting parents' rights in Douglas County schools in fighting early on against the mask mandate to making it. nope, we're not going to do this. In fact, their superintendent in Douglas County, Aaron Kane, previously ran a charter school that was one of a few charters that went before the previous school board, which was controlled by the union. One hundred percent went to the previous union controlled school board and said, hey, give us an exception to the mask rule, and they got it at their charter school. They pled the case, and that is now your superintendent in Douglas County Schools, Aaron Kane, who certainly is not someone that the teachers' unions are big fans of. It just so happens, on this issue of teacher pay, we align. As for collectiveness, I don't quite know what that means. I think you... um, uh, you're you're talking about the idea of some sort, some brand of of socialism. To that, and also the principles piece, because <clears throat> I, I understand this. I, I wrestle with this because I don't like taxes. I don't like tax increases. But the fact of the matter is that under Colorado law, there are two ways that teachers are paid. the The funds come for teacher pay. And that is through the state and the allotment that they pay, which is only on top of what the counties bring in in property tax revenue that goes to the schools under the School Finance Act. Property taxes come in first, the main property taxes that are aligned under the set under the School Finance Act. It gets complicated, but they're think of it as a bucket. The bucket is first filled by property taxes, and I don't mean what this mill levy override is that we're putting forward, or that's being put forward. I'm talking about an amount that is the base level. Then above that comes in what the state provides to fill that bucket for what's authorized under the School Finance Act for a given school district. Then you can overflow that bucket a little bit with a mill levy override, which is how Cherry Creek schools and Littleton pay their teachers so much more. Twenty thousand dollars more is because they have gone way too far. Like in Cherry Creek schools, when the school finance act increases. The amount that Cherry Creek gets and all the other school districts get, they have an automatic increase above that in a mill levy override because voters were dumb enough to let Cherry Creek keep bringing in more money over and over and over again. That's not what's being asked here in Dougco. In Douglas County, you have a number of boxes that are checked. And let me say, this is important to guide voters in any school district when a tax increase is proposed. Do they meet criteria like, are they outperforming other school districts? The answer is yes, in Douglas County, they're number one in the metro area. Are they keeping administrative costs, administrative costs low, especially compared with other school districts? Douglas County's per pupil spending on administration is $63 a student. Littleton's, for example, is $149 per student. That's a big difference. That box is checked in Douglas County. Another. Box That needs to be checked Is that school district When it is Performing if it is performing well Is it paying teachers competitively Especially at a time when the cost Of living is going up If the answer is yes You don't need you certainly Don't need Or have cause for Increasing it For bringing in more tax revenue But if you're doing well in terms of performance, and yet you are paying teachers $20,000 less than the other districts who are also still seen as high-quality school districts, even though Cherry Creek Schools is far from it, it is living on an antiquated reputation, as one listener texted in, not to mention CCSD is failing our students. When you look at competitiveness, it's like any other industry. You need to pay Competitively to maintain and bring in employees. You, if you, if you have stellar performance, you need to keep it going. Douglas County is one of the wealthiest counties in the entire nation, and yet the starting pay is fifty something thousand dollars, compared with Cherry Creek Schools in Littleton, that's seventy something. It is not a violation of principles to say, look, I think there are specific criteria that makes this an exception to the rule, since the only way that teachers are paid is through taxes. And you have reductions in administration that happened several years ago, administrative overhead that happened several years ago and Doug Cohen are being maintained. And also to the point I bring up my family, my sister and her husband, as just one example, because there is a sign nearby that says future site of a Douglas County school. They're not the only family that is in any of these areas and they don't have a school built. There is a reasonable expectation when a new development is made. Property developers are required to set aside land for a school. And yet there can't be one built. To quote K is the lowest form of argument or debate. I love this text because it makes some uh, valuable points. Just because Cherry Creek schools are doing something, therefore, Dougco schools needs to do it, too. I'm not actually saying that, nor are other advocates for 5A and 5B. This is, again, important for future reference for other school districts. Cherry Creek Schools has said, let's index it so that any increases that come no matter what in our the money that we bring in result in an increase in what we go above what's allowed in the state. That is to say, they have an automatic mill levy override that happens every time. Voters approve that. I'm not saying that. Nor am I saying to equalize what the school districts bring in. Thirty two hundred dollars more going to Cherry Creek and Littleton above their basic funding. Doug Coe's is less than half that. The proposal here would not even close the gap. I'm not saying it should. So, no, this isn't about what Cherry Creek is doing. This is about being able to provide greater competitiveness so you can hire and retain good teachers. You have to consider what other districts are doing as far as teacher pay. This is the only way to do it. Fields is correct in stating that a tax increase in a bad economy is detrimental to the people. Writ large, yes. That is generally the case. Here we're talking about a modest tax increase. And here we're talking about the economic value and more that would come from being able to provide more value for students. But then here's the interesting piece. Hearing you, an economic conservative, favor a tax increase leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I get that. Especially after being stabbed in the back by the likes of Ken Buck, Cory Gardner, Faye Griffin, people I voted for numerous times. Uh, I would actually say that Cory Gardner was a damn good senator and you should be pleased with him on the whole. Uh, Ken Buck, I think the disagreements are more on politics than policy going on with Ken Buck. Uh, In this case, I'm making the case, you can disagree, that this actually checks the boxes that are needed for a conservative to legitimately say a tax increase is okay, a new bond is okay, but I understand where you're coming from because it is awkward as hell supporting a tax increase of any kind, small though it may be, checking the boxes though it might. But I think that this is necessary for Douglas County schools. So it is important. Here's another text coming in. And don't fool yourself that those teachers wouldn't rather teach in Douglas County where it is easier with children that come from those kinds of homes and thus less pay isn't so bad after all. That only gets you so far. Littleton's pretty safe. Littleton's pretty good with discipline. They pay $20,000 more. There's disciplinary issues that are going on in Cherry Creek schools, but a lot of those schools still in great shape in that regard. Broadly speaking, Cherry Creek schools doesn't have the same kind of discipline issues as a lot of other school districts. It only gets you so far when you're trying to afford living for your family. Imagine if you were in Arapahoe County. And you work in Douglas County, and you have to drive through by three elementary schools that probably aren't too problematic from a disciplinary standpoint. You're going in another school district to work there for $20,000 less. It's probably going to make a bit of an impact at that level. What we're talking here is, I think, on the order of about closing the gap about halfway to $10,000 more per teacher, somewhere around there at least gives you a little bit more competitiveness. Listener text 5A and 5B will also be the first tax increase I voted for. Aaron Cain's mask stance persuaded me. Any administrator who supported closing schools and masks should be fired. And Aaron Cain certainly did not do that. One last call that we can squeeze in as well. Let's go to Alan in Arvada. I don't have much time for you, Alan. What's on your mind?
2: Um, I once had a bumper sticker that said, I tax or I smoke and I vote. But that was, you know, years ago that I got from Smoker Friendly. But there's so many smokers who should get out and vote because uh, they voted to put extra taxes on to pay for the schools they voted to pay uh, put extra taxes and make pot legal so they could pay for the schools where's that money going we have computers to do the accounting where's that
1: money going alan it is not going where it should be it is not controlled by school districts marijuana money is controlled you know
2: if the teachers want to make more how about
1: their union stop charging them so much uh you know what alan there, uh, there is not automatic teacher deductions in Douglas County. Um, some 30% of teachers work in, uh, or are, are part of the teachers union in Douglas County. Um, it actually doesn't have, there's no collective bargaining agreement. It's, A pretty decent situation from a teachers union standpoint. Listener text. Jimmy, tax increase hating dad of DCSD, Douglas County School District students here. And I voted for both 5A and 5B because I trust Mike Peterson and the four board majority. Good for you. I I agree. Now, here's the thing as we wrap up here and go to our break. Again, this is why it's a beautiful thing that Tabor lets voters choose whether you want to support a tax increase or not. And I think the disagreement is eminently reasonable. Michael Fields made strong arguments in the last hour. I happen to disagree and think it checks the boxes that you need to keep Douglas County a better school district to keep teachers there and to build new schools for communities that have to send their kids across a highway that these days ain't the ideal and it ain't certainly isn't what they're expecting when they move into a new development that's promising a new school. Lots there that I think make a compelling case here, but understandably, if you disagree, for sure. All right, that is it for the phone calls. On the other side, we'll wrap up. Check in with Peter Boyles real quick. He's up from 9 to noon. and we want you to keep it right here on News Talk 710 KNUS, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Coming back... The Jimmy Sangenberger Show, wrapping up and winding down. So this week, from 3 to 4 all week, I'm going to be sitting in that slot. So be sure to tune in then. We've got some great stuff coming up this week, 3 to 4, live and local. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you then. And also, I will pop by the... Launchpad Brewery for Stefan's Goodbye Shindig, 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday. That will be fun. So lots of good things. Make sure to turn your ballot in as well. I wait until the last two days. That's a traditional thing I do. I'm going to get it in. Make sure you do. Good morning, Peter. How are you, brother? James, good morning to you.
0: Um, This anti-Israel demonstrations that are taking yes. across the country, within it rides this anti-Semitism. It's like Cornell was like Heidelberg University in 1936. Also, on the other side of this, what is going on with this Republican Party? And, of course, my close personal friend John Eastman looks Mm. like they're going to yank his ticket Monday or Tuesday next Mm. week. And, of course, he's on the RICO indictment in Atlanta. Where does it go from
1: here? What dominoes will fall next? We could bet them. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, have fun. Thanks, bud. Nine to noon. Peter Boyle's coming up. And by the way, my column tomorrow in the Denver Gazette will be all about anti-Semitism at the University of Colorado Boulder, and it's an issue I'll touch on, or maybe we'll spend the hour. We'll see what happens. 3 p.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend. May God bless America